Welcome to GW Hospital HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. So today's topic is benefits of minimally invasive gynecologic surgery. My guest today is Dr. Gabby Mawad. He is board certified in obstetrics and gynecology and a member of the medical staff at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Mawad, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Mike. So what kind of conditions are best treated with minimally invasive gynecologic surgery? So uh, when, when we speak about benign conditions, which is non-cancerous conditions, uh, I can tell you most of the pathology that a woman uh, would have uh, is treatable with minimally invasive surgery. And I'll give you some examples. For example, hysterectomies or removal of the uterus, uh, removal of fibroids, ovarian cysts, endometriosis, uh, which causes severe pelvic pain. All these conditions uh, are treatable by minimally invasive surgery. Now, when we go to cancer, some of the cancer at their early stage, uh, women could benefit from minimally invasive surgery, uh, but other advanced cancer, there might be a question. It depends on the skills and the stage of cancer, uh, and the patients can talk to their doctor to see which is the optimal approach uh, for their uh, pathology. So, Dr. Mawad, when, when we say minimally invasive, maybe you can help us to understand what that really means and, and what are the benefits to this type of surgery? Mm-hmm. So, let me go back uh, um, in a historical overview. But traditionally, most of these surgeries were done through a larger cut in the belly, uh, whether through uh, like a cesarean cut, bikini cut, we call it sometimes or through a vertical cut or up-and-down cut. Now, these surgeries uh, have potential of higher risk of complication, like infection, bleeding during the procedure, and uh, other complications, including herniation of the scar, opening of the scar prematurely, pain, lots of pain for the patient. Now, recently in the 90s, we started talking about minimally invasive surgery, which is doing the same surgery that we do it traditionally in open fashion, doing it through little keyhole incision. Small incision, most of the time, quarter of an inch to an inch incision, where we use instruments like sticks sometimes, or we use the robot. And these type of surgery can achieve the goal of the surgery that was done traditionally with less complication, less bleeding, less potential risk for herniation, definitely less pain and faster recovery. Patients do go back to their normal activity within two weeks after surgery in comparison to what was six to eight weeks after an open or traditional surgery. Patients do go home the same day after this procedure or even the next day after the procedure and can get back to normal daily activity way faster than traditional open surgeries. Right. And and more and more um, primary care doctors when it comes, or even OBGYN doctors when it comes to these types of procedures are recommending minimally invasive surgery for their patients. Um, and so more and more are coming into um, you know, are using this type of technique. So, so when when you look at how often minimally invasive surgery is being used versus traditional, is is this really kind of the go to now, or or are we still seeing a lot of the traditional surgeries happening? Well, unfortunately, um, there is lots of traditional surgery, but I would say the the primarily uh, option is minimally invasive surgery. 
Because we want to get this patient back to their daily normal activity, back to their family, taking care of their kids or their partners or doing the stuff that they want to do. So traditional surgery will hinder and will delay all that, especially lots of women are professional women. They have work. They have family to take care. So as much as we can get them back to their daily activity, that is beneficial. Now, the, yeah. the problem is there, there is some certain criteria for, and I would encourage every patient to ask their surgeon about how many cases they do, the training they underwent to do minimally invasive surgery. Because minimally invasive surgery is a fellowship um, that you can do to provide the patient a higher chance of completing their surgery in a minimally invasive fashion and giving them the advantages of that versus uh, low-volume surgeons who do not do this surgery very frequently uh, and who do not perform, uh, who do not have special training for these type of surgery. So... um, this is the thing. That's why, unfortunately, most of the surgery are still done uh, in an open, traditional fashion. Okay. And that's why we have our duty to encourage all women to choose the option of minimally invasive surgery when feasible and at least discuss right. it with their surgeon, with their physician. Yeah. And, and, don't, and don't assume that your surgeon is well-trained in minimally invasive surgery. We have to ask those questions, right? Definitely, and especially uh, especially in the obstetrics and gynecology field, because you know the it's a delicate um, bond between the physician and the patient. Uh, they had their kids with them when they have problems, they come for their uh, checkup with them. So there is a bond that is created, and sometimes they cannot provide the optimal approach for them. Uh, so that's why it's it's our duty to encourage patients to read and seek for the best option for themselves and to ask their physician how well they're trained and how many of these procedures do they do and what is what has been their success rate so they can be informed well informed before they underwent uh, they undergo any surgery and and you would suggest asking the specific question to the surgeon have you done a fellowship in minimally invasive surgery is that something you would ask Yes, definitely, because uh, fellowship-trained people, you know, they have a vaster experience. And doing minimally invasive surgery is like any skill that you want to maintain. Um, If you ran a marathon, I give an example all the time to my patients, if you ran a marathon last year, that does not make you eligible to run a marathon this year without training. So you could run it, but you need to train. And doing low-volume surgery, and it's proven in science, that low-volume surgeons do not provide the same quality of surgical care as much as high-volume. Not because their high-volume surgeons are better than them, because they have the volume to maintain their skill and uh, continue to provide an efficient and a higher quality of care. Right, right. I think you make a good point. It's about training. It's about experience. And these are questions that patients have to be more comfortable asking of not just the surgeons, but, you know, general practitioners, you know, what have you, any healthcare provider, sir, we need to encourage patients to ask these kind of questions. You had mentioned, uh, Dr. Mawa, that at the beginning, some of the uh, common conditions that that you can treat with minimally invasive surgery. Can you review those one more time? And and just what what makes a good candidate for this approach? Well, I can speak about gynecologic minimally invasive surgery. Um, in gynecology, 
almost all the benign conditions are eligible uh, for minimally invasive surgery. And I would say the common procedure are hysterectomy, which is removal of the uterus, removal of ovarian cysts, removal of fibroids. And there are a lot more complex procedures that could be done minimally invasive, like prolapse uh, correction, um, pelvic pain surgeries. All these surgeries are eligible for minimally invasive surgery. Everybody is a candidate for minimally invasive surgery with the appropriate well-trained physician. Now, there is always a risk of conversion to an open surgery, and that would happen only to complete the surgery safely. But the risk of conversion to a traditional surgery is lower in the right-hand well-trained surgeon. So I would say the primarily approach that we offer all our patients is a minimally invasive approach, but also we have to individualize the treatment for each and every patient. Some of the patients have a higher risk for cancerous potential than open surgery is safer for them. Some of the patients have a way more complex um, uh, pathology that needs a multidisciplinary approach, different surgeons from different specialties. So you have to make um, a... um, kind of the best approach and the safest approach to uh, help your patient reach her goal. Right. So in summary then, Dr. Mawad, what would you like people to know about minimally invasive uh, gynecologic surgery? So in summary, minimally invasive surgery is a well-proven, well-studied approach that is safe and efficient in the right, well-trained surgeon hand. And that should be the primary approach for every single patient. Now, on the other hand, the patient should seek a specialist in minimally invasive surgery, should not be shy to ask her surgeon how many cases do they perform, what have been their success rates in uh, minimally invasive surgery, and have a well-open discussion with her surgeon to be able to be informed and empowered to undergo whatever procedure thinks she thinks it's best for her. Dr. Mawad, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, and I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Hospital HealthCast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening. Individual results may vary. There are risks associated with surgical procedures. Speak with your physician about these risks to find out if minimally invasive surgery is right for you.